good people. It's Reg. It's Stone. And we're here at the Gospel Hour. Coming up, we've got a whole segment of our new Lord and Savior, Kanye. <laughs> It'll be Ultralight Beam for the first hour. We'll follow it up with selections from Key Wyatt. Then perhaps we dive a, just a dash into some old classics before we circle back into Oh God, another one of Kanye's greatest hits. <laughs> The greatest gospel musician of all time. Sponsored by Yeezys. Sponsored by Yeezys. Sponsored by Adidas. <laughs> and Kim Kardashian. <laughs> and, and Trump for president. <laughs> Trump 2020. <laughs> oh. All right. We don't, we, we don't want to do this. I mean, it's easy for us because Lord knows we, we could riff on this for hours. But as we all know, unfortunately, a new album dropped last Friday. New album that's been delayed, off delayed. My God. Yeah, that finally dropped. It's uh, Kanye West, and this is his Jesus is King. To discuss Kanye West, if you've been living under the rock, probably the most critically acclaimed pop star right now, overall, living. Or, yeah. I think so, crossover yeah, pop star. I mean, active pop star. Yeah, yeah. active pop star. Yeah. Um, definitely critically acclaimed. That, that People have oh, sold yeah. more records, but as oh, far yeah. as... You know, like, you know, award-winning, people on his nuts, by far Kanye, you know, um, has had an interesting past couple of years where he's veered towards right-wing republicanism and apparently Jesus, (laughs) 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 which tends to happen a lot. Shots fired. (laughs) But uh, but long story short, Jesus' skin came out. Um, You know, obviously, everybody's been talking about it. A lot of people are just like, yo, I'm not listening to this shit at all. Fuck him, which I understand 180%. (laughs) But unfortunately, like, you know, any other curious person, I decided to walk into the flames and possibly burn my hands. I mean, we had to give the people what they want. We had to to go out there. We had to go. I I put on my best Sunday, Sunday's best clothes. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Put that little cool water spray on. It walks right into the the belly of the (laughs) non-beasts. And, and embrace this album. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I'll start it off. Basically, it could have been much worse. True. Yeah, I was expecting like really bad, like gospel covers and really like just just weird fucking Bradley done gospel shit. And, you know, there's a lot of choir, but like with, over bad hip hop beats. I think the most amazing thing about this album is at the end of the day. It pretty much is a Kanye West album. Like, like yeah. sonically, you could kind of take this album and put it in his, this, actually, which we are basically, putting him in his, in his discography, and it fits perfectly fine. Yeah. Which I think for good and for bad. Uh, I'll get that more deeper into that. So what did you think? Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I think I had very, very, very low expectations. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just coming off, yay, and all the delays, and, you know... Just like all of the drama surrounding Kanye, I, I kind of, I was anticipating this album, but I was kind of mentally giving up on it, um, especially after like the fifth delay, you know, I was just like, this is going to be trash and it's not trash. You know, I, I, I think, you know, production wise, um, it's nothing new. Like he kind of stays in his lane. Yeah. Which, um, yeah. Well, I think a little too much, but that's all the story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, kind of stays. It's almost sonically similar to Pablo in a lot of ways. Um, definitely better than Ye in terms of like production. Lyrics wise, I'm not defending Kanye, but, you know, Kanye's always had corny ass lyrics. Yes. So I'm not surprised that, you know, he doesn't have a magnum opus on this <laughs> <laughs> album. Even though, you know, 
look like yeah, chick, my, my you know, Chick-fil-A? My Chick-fil-A is like the new bleached asshole of, 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 of 2019, <laughs> basically. You know, but I wasn't, I, I don't know. I'm not, I wasn't expecting like like super poignant lyrics. Um, I do think like his lyrics on, on, on the religious side are kind of old man religious. And there's people that, that do like Christian rap a lot better, like Lecrae. Um, I was hopefully expecting something on the Lecrae or Chance of Rapper vibe. Whereas this is like literally like Jesus saves me vibe, which is kind of alienating to a millennial like myself or old millennial slash Gen, Gen Xer like <laughs> myself, you know. Um, but yeah, I thought it was entertaining. And it was short, too. It's like 29 minutes. So even if you have beef with it, you know, it's, it's not like a, a slog to listen through. I wonder how long is Yay in comparison? Because I figured they almost got to have, have to be the same like length. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ye was set, he was doing that seven song thing, right? Yeah, so. but I feel like it, yeah, but I feel like even with Ye, it was a little, it was a little more put together. Let's see. Ye is in total. Uh-oh. There we go. There we go. There we go. Uh, edit that out. Edit that out. But yeah, no, Ye is 24 minutes. It's only like a five minute difference. Yeah. For something that's supposedly basically 11 songs versus seven. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I thought it was enjoyable. I, I again, like, I kind of entered this album, you know, because there's a lot of people who entered this album with baggage, right? They're like, fuck Kanye. Fuck this Trump lover. I want to hate this album no matter what. He could have gave us like you know dark Twist, twisted fantasy part two and it'll still be hate. I don't I don't hate it, and I, I think that's there's a lot to say about that. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> for Kanye in 2019. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think. All right, so this is my issue with it. All right, so my, my big thing is the fact of going back to it where it doesn't suck because he relies on the same tricks. But what I felt like it was very much diminishing return on those tricks. Yeah. So like I started listening to like the records and I was like, oh, a lot of these have echoes of old like Kanye West tricks. So like you have right. So every hour begins and it's a choir. It's a, it's a big pure choir song. Yada yada yada. What I kind of expected the, the song, to, the album to kind of sound like, just basically choir and bad Kanye raps. Yeah. But then you go into Sella, which is kind of like a. It begins also with the choir, but it's a little bit more ominous. Yeah. And then eventually you have this like this drum beat kind of kicks in, but it's like a live drum. But then Kanye kind of starts rapping and it's, his voice is just a little distorted. Yeah. And then and then towards the end of the song, the samples start coming in completely and it's a whole bunch of like yelps and growls in the background. It's like, oh, this is just fucking Jesus. Yeah. You know? And then you kind of fall straight into fucking was it was it on God? What's the next the next track? Uh give me a second. Follow God. Uh let's see. Next track, as usual, very prepared for the podcast. So then you immediately kind of fall straight into, yeah, Follow God. Agree. Yeah, yeah so Follow God is just basically the, the classic Kanye, Kanye loop, where yeah. it's just a soul loop kind of just played out and he's rapping on top of it. And it's weird for a lot of people because when, I, when it first came out, they were like, oh, that's the only salvageable, salvageable track on the whole record. But it's also interesting because that is also the most quote-unquote, late registration, college dropout track yeah. on that record, too. Yeah. So it's weird because even though he's got this whole jesus vibe, the lyrics, I'm not going to say, aren't religious, but they definitely aren't that religious. Like, when he goes into Jesus, it's full-on, but a lot of these tracks, I feel like he could have taken, picked up and put it on, on, on his other albums, and it would have been fucking fine. Yeah. Like, uh, what was it? There's um, Everything We Need, you know, 
it doesn't really have any. It's obviously everything we need could be Jesus. Yeah. But for the most part, it's vague enough where that you could have taken that track, put on any of his other records, it'd have been perfectly fucking fine. You would have you would not even thought that it was actually anything religious. You would have thought it was a secular record. You know, yeah. it's about maybe family or whatever in your life that you love. And and I think that's my biggest issue of the problem, where it's very fucking boring. And like, I think that it's not a train wreck. But I think in a weird way, I kind of wished it was a train wreck. Because like create, as far as creativity is concerned, is just Kanye saying, all right, cool. Like I could almost imagine him just raiding his hard drive for old beats yeah. and old song concepts and just copy and pasting christian lyrics or fucking choir samples before or after it. Like yeah. it, it so like it, to a certain extent, it kind of feels like a hard drive dump. Um, a record like Pablo... I also felt like a hard drive dump, but it was a crazy hard drive dump. Oh, yeah. Where it was just songs come at you from different directions, different weirdness, yada, 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 where that felt a little bit more edgy. There was a little bit more creativity happening, even though it was infamously rushed and, like I said, bonkers. It felt like there was a lot more work put into it, where this one kind of felt like, like I said, he just sat there a week ago, went through his hard drive, put some shit together, and then just put it out. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I mean, look, this is definitely not the the you know Pablo was the last great Kanye album. Yeah, like like by far. And I really re listen to Pablo, and like again, like like uh, was the God stretch my hands, like like Pablo has hits. Yeah, ultra light beam, ultra, ultra light this, beam. This is this is this uh, this whole record is just ultra light beams. Yeah, over thirty minutes, but yeah. just not as but good. Ultra light beam was like a standout track. Yeah, it had hits. It had cadence. It had a lot, you know, just just it, built up to something that was. It grand. had an arc. It had it, it's, and I think that's a lot of thing. And going back to your idea of where he said it's very old man Christiany. So what I like about what what Kanye does really good about religion when he when he when he dove into that into his past records is the fact of where there's a struggle there. Yeah. Where it's just like, look, I know I like all these materialistic things, but I also believe in God. So how how do I? Where's there's an arc here. There's a struggle happening here. Yeah. It's not just Jesus is great. It's just like Jesus is great, but I'm fucking up. And so you had a lot, like you said, Ultralight Beam, where it's just like fucking Chance the Rapper, I met Kanye West, and you've got a lot of things happening there, theme-wise, vocal-wise, that was a great song. So you see all these great things happening, and you look at, like, when he talks about Jesus here, and it's very much like, I like Jesus. Jesus is awesome. And even when he does speak about, let's say, his struggle towards it, it's more like, I'm charging you a lot for merch because I gotta feed my kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's weird, too, because it's like, oh, like, you're... I forgot the line, but it's almost like you're mad at me because I'm doing this. Like you're like he kind of brings it to himself in a Kanye way, which is not Christ-like. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> at all. That's the thing for an album that's supposed to be all about. And maybe I bring it back for for an album that was supposed to be all about Jesus. I walked in thinking it's gonna be all gospel songs praising about fucking Jesus, you know, and 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 spirituality and Christianity. No, it's basically the same egotistical Kanye West album that he's been dropping for like these these decades. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So I, I do have to say, like, like my favorite track here is on on the album is Water. Uh, and Interesting. I, and I like it because I do think he was trying to do like some different things and like uh, I, I forgot what the sample was but the sample is really dope he kind of had the choir in there the water is this analogy um, you know you talk about like cleansing like cleansing you and like taking the chlorine out of the conversation <laughs> <laughs> like there's a lot of things you know, he was playing on with that like concept and I'm like oh this is kind of like 
next level Kanye. And it's also like the, I wouldn't say the riskiest track, but it's also like the, the track that where he's, you saw the vision and he kind of executed perfectly. Whereas everything else, like you kind of saw the vision, but it just came together haphazardly. Oh yeah. I'm, you know, and I'm, just, just really didn't gel in the way that it needed to. Yeah. It's weird. So for me, I didn't, I didn't like water. I, my note is basically choir back, Kanye boring. <laughs> That's all I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> But funny enough, the next track I liked was for Caveat. So I said, you know, it's basically, I like the idea that as far as a melody, a vocal melody is concerned and a song concept, it's great. And I said it was a mix of Runaways and 808s. But the problem is that I remember distinctly, Kanye singing there basically like naked. And basically Kanye, you know, he sounds like basically a morning hangover after drinking Listerine. <laughs> like it's one of the few times where it's like give us some like auto tune. And like going back to your point, there are a lot of times you see, you see the vision. It's like, oh shit, I see what you're trying to do here. Yeah. But you kind of fell short. For me, the song I thought I kind of pulled it all together was, uh, oh, everything we need. Ty Dollar Sign, you know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. You know, winner, winner of the, you know, the Hookmaster Award 2019, you know, <laughs> Nate Dogg, rest in peace. And, you know, it's, it's, that came in, you know, Nate Dogg singing the hook. You've got a lot of, not necessarily gospel-y, but gospel-influenced R&B vocals. Besides, I forget who else is on the track, too, kind of putting in vocal work. It's a great song. But also, if you listen to the lyrics, it's like maybe Kanye has a verse <laughs> spread across two fucking... Like, he's got maybe 16 bars at most yeah. spread across two verses. Yeah. And the song is not even two minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good track. That's yeah. a good track. And I, yeah, I'm curious about what you think about the, the clips... Oh, Kenny G kills Kenny G it. Kenny G saves that track. And that's the thing. is, is the, It goes back to the idea of where I have really good ideas. So having a clip together over a song that has to do with Christianity, that has to do with, like, you know, guilt. Because even when they were the yeah. clips, they were doing really dope songs about I don't want to live this life type shit. Yeah. So that should be a fucking, that should be a fucking home run. Even those lyrics are just like, eh. It was unremarkable. Yeah, and like I said, the only thing I said that was Kenny motherfucking G came in <laughs> in the end with that fucking solo and saved that whole shit. And that's kind of sad where fucking, you know, an album highlight. Actually, no, let me, let me, I'm, I was about to diss Kenny G, but I will not, I will not dude, diss the God. You know what I'm saying? Dude, I, I per per personally witnessed Kenny G out in these streets. Yo. Do not sleep look, on Kenny a, G. A lot of, there's a lot of millennials out there who the only reason why that sperm and the egg was some Kenny G was playing in the background. You know what I'm saying? During a quiet storm. So I will not hate on Kenny G, the the, the god I, of the of 80s. I, I, I am telling you now, like Kenny G is out in these streets. The god of jazz soul. The god. You know what I'm saying? G-A-W-D. He was pulling the, the ladies. Yeah, I, I do I not doubt it. I personally witnessed I do not doubt it. You know what I'm saying? The swag god. You know what I'm saying? And drip overlord, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Lay the horns all over you. But yeah, and, and that's the thing. And it goes back to the idea of where, you know, Kanye, old Kanye West could do shit like that. Where it's just like, oh shit, you know, I've got Bon Iver here sounding like fucking 70s, you know, soul dude in fucking Earth, Wind, and Fire. And this shit works. And, you know, it's, but like it, it would add to the song. It wasn't the height of a song. It's like, you know, Kenny G here felt like a stunt. And it kind of is a stunt because, you know, it's just, it's just an all right rap song. And then suddenly you have Kenny G and the clips. It's almost like I think in a weird way where he's like, all right, I have a song concept. 
it's a shitty song concept. Yeah. But I'll throw in the clips. I'll make it better. Oh, shit, I have this, but it's still kind of mediocre. Oh, I got Kenny G's number from when we were out there in a Playboy Mansion. I'll take that number, <laughs> put it together, and then now I've got a song. And, it's, and, and that's the thing of where... I, I kind of do wish it was a bad gospel choir champled sopped up shit. It's no, like, like I mean, we got mediocre Kanye is basically what I'm kind of annoyed with. Uh, yeah, I mean the the thing that's that sucked about that track is you you had the clips reuniting and it's just like the buzz is so low in that track that you just you almost yeah, forget that it happened. That's it. The energy is really low and, yeah. and and it's weird. And again, it's gospel like. Look, I grew up in a Catholic church, right? So if you want dry and fucking boring, come through the Catholic church. We got hymns for you, dog. We'll we'll have you sleeping in about fucking three or four minutes. I know. Snoozing. I'm Southern Baptist fan. We we get it lit. And that's the thing. So (laughs) it's weird where going back to like an ultralight beam where, because it's one thing where, so what I think is great about all right, so one of the great successes about black music is the fact that it, a lot of it comes from gospel, and I think the reason why it comes from gospel is because you have this idea of spirituality, which you can't. Oh, I'm about to get very boho from the motherland. <laughs> translates well into gospel, and even though we have the vague idea of soul, there's something about like a good gospel song, a good soul song, a good R&B song that like pushes you in the fucking face, you know? Oh, of course. Yeah, as somebody who like goes and listens to a lot of crazy heavy shit, actual mosh pits, like those feelings I feel where like fucking Metallica's going nuts and fucking people are throwing punches is kind of different, very different, but kind of that same like, oh shit, I'm getting punched in the face by this fucking vocal run, by when this person oh, is, yeah. is, is, is going deep into spirituality, it feels as fucking as in my face as a thousand guitars and fucking a thousand decibels. And so it's weird to kind of have a rap gospel album that's overall very fucking low key. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And and again, like this is like bold new territory for, for gospel music. Right. Is it like, though? I feel like you had hip hop. I've heard some hip hop. But I'm talking about like you're taking gospel music and you're taking putting it on this old kind of pop rap template. True. Yeah, I, <laughs> I agree. It's 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 very high def, very very pop adjacent. Yeah. And you're giving like the torch to Kanye West, Eclipse, and Kenny G, <laughs> <laughs> and Ty Dolla Sign. <laughs> you know, as your ambassadors of gospel music. So, like, it's hard to compare this with any other gospel project. I mean, you know, like, again, like, Lecrae is probably, like, people have been comparing it to that. Would you not say Kirk Franklin, though? I feel like Kirk Franklin kind of skips over, because even the strain of R&B and hip-hop he uses is very current. It's not like he's out there. I would would compare it to Kirk Franklin, too. Um, But even then, uh, it's not a one-to-one comparison, mm-hmm. you know. I, I do feel like this is like a, a a very brand new lane and gospel. I was listening to like a bit of a podcast coming over here, um, and I won't say the name of the podcast because they don't need they don't need any more listeners. Be <laughs> uh, <He's> selfish. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they're, they're just talking about how like gospel music is is it's still kind of struggling with this new lane of a chance rapper, like like people who are like probably don't go to church every Sunday, but still are kind of spiritual. And they're still kind of maybe getting an audience and like opening audience up to like, you know, what like, you know, religion is, but they're doing it in a way that's like not the template. 
of the last like sixty years. Yeah, <laughs> and like old gospel apparently is like really struggling with this, and like struggling with, with Kanye as like this new gospel ambassador. Um, Which actually, that reminds me, Kirk Franklin got some pushback too from Bacardi. Yeah, 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 he Kirk got hella pushback Kirk, in the nineties. Yeah, got got, pu- got got pushed back. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely, yeah. definitely. And, and Kirk Franklin talks about it too because he like Kirk Franklin was very adamant about taking gospel to secular channels. You know, getting on the radio, like being like on on BET, like like being next to like secular artists, <laughs> being like playlisted or whatever they called it back in the day, I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, next to like, you know, secular artists and getting like being one to one on that level. Um and you're talking to people who feel like all secular music is the devil. <laughs> so <laughs> So yeah, but look, I I just going back to the album, like I again, like I if if this is a, a sincere like effort by Kanye, um, I'm kind of curious to see or hear what was it. Jesus is risen now. It's going to be on Christmas Day. Yeah, Jesus is born. Jesus is born on Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah so let's like, see. I mean, I'm kind of curious to see how, like how he can like run with this, and if he figures it out, which I'm I'm very I'm basically at the at the the thought that this is like. Basically, like the Kanye that we know is dead, so this is like the Kanye that we get. It could be a phase, though. Look at Dylan; he could come back. Yeah, he could. Yeah. You know, but if if, he, if if this is like who he is for the rest of his life, like you know, he figures this out, then you know, like, like I I'm curious to what that lane is, right? Well, I'm curious to like you know how he can extend this because I I do think this is a, a very interesting lane for him to play in. Um, you know, just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. But like the he's got to kind of figure out a way to to make the hits again though. Well, I mean, like I said, it's it's, it's and going back to the idea of why I think it's kind of frustrating to listen to this album is because like I said, there, there are solid ideas here. It's not like he's there, you know, poopity scoop again. <laughs> there are some good melody ideas, you know, on paper. A lot of the collabs work. It's not surprising where, let's say, again, he's somebody where his output has kind of been sparse for the past couple of years. But if you're going to go back to the old Kanye clip where, let's say, every two or three years he comes out of this big mega album, puts a lot of effort into it, and he's able to kind of stay at that kind of efficiency as far as musicianship is concerned and production is concerned, it's not out of the realm for him to kind of have, like, another top ten hit that's, like, religious. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, he's... like, And that's what's kind of weird is that you hear the chops there still. Yeah. It's just kind of muddled. I mean, could it be because, you know, he's kind of willfully... He's dealing with mental issues and doesn't want to take his medications or what other stresses in his life? Who knows? But it's obviously, like, going back to idea Connie's there. Yeah. His chops haven't disappeared completely. It's just a fact of where the vision is kind of muddled. And this is somebody where, like, literally his whole his whole thing was vision. He's like, I'm gonna have these albums called, you know, you know, fucking college dropout, fucking late registration, and fucking, you know, graduation. Like he's he's somebody where he's always been kind of forward thinking. Obviously, over the years it's gotten a little bit erratic. But that happens when you're dealing with mental issues. Yeah. But he's somebody where he's been very kind of diligent. And also what's weird about his album, which I thought was disappointing, is the idea of where it does sound very, very, very rushed. I mean, it's not mastered at all. Yeah, it's not mastered at all. And then I remember Nicki Minaj, I forget what track. She was supposed to be in a track. But apparently, like, her and Kanye, like she said, I, like, basically she said, like, I wrote, I had wrote basically a verse for this track, like, three or four times already. Yeah. Like, she was like, I'm done. Like, you know, I've, I've given it to him the last one. I'm doing another version of it. 
And so it's, it's weird to kind of see where usually his perfectionism kind of works to make a good album. But now I just wonder if he's lazy. Well, but we saw elements of that in Pablo too. Yeah, and and also Yeezy, you know, Yeezus, because yeah. like uh, the whole thing was that he wrote those lyrics at the last at the last second, and you know he went to the God, another God, you know Rick Rubin in California, you know into the mountains, and fucking they kind of rushed the lyrics together. But at least with I guess with uh, with Yeezus because it's kind of punk, it kind of served it well. Yeah. Punk, a little political leaning. So you don't have to be have to have crazy bars to kind of you know. You know, like fucking Rage Against the Machine per se. You know, saying it's all about fucking intensity. It's about the message of it itself. Well, Pablo was very rushed, but at least, like I said, it was just edited oddly. And you know, he, he literally threw the. It was rushed, but like, and I still laugh about this. He literally signed a rapper to put that rapper song on his album. Yeah, that's it. Like that. That was designer's purpose. It's like I like this hot track. I'm signing it to throw you into this fucking potpourri of a mess of an album I have, and that's about it. Poor so, designer. Yeah, poor designer. Rest rest in peace. <laughs> okay, apparently he played Rolling Loud, by the way, I heard. Oh, yeah. yeah. so he's still public. I, I felt like, again, a total feature bite-off, but there's a million and one feature bite-offs out there. I felt like he had a chance to kind of like build his own lane if he yeah. had. He was a little different. Uh, I won't say. Well, he was like. Not 100% future SMX out there, but yeah. he was definitely, let's say, 90%. I feel like they could have grown that percentage out a little bit. You yeah. Know? But I know he, he like, tweets, you know, like, you know, like all artists now are like, fuck good music or fuck, you know, fuck his label. Yeah. So I know, like, he's not getting promoted or whatnot. So. He's not, because I remember he had the EP, yeah. they dropped and disappeared. Like, it's, it's yeah. shit like where it's just like, at least let's let it rock. And then I think he's an artist where. If he was able to release music like a la your regular SoundCloud rappers mixtapes, oh yeah, he'd be, he'd, be, he'd be good. He'd be good, but like there, you know, everything's gonna be, you know, it's all politics. And Kanye's probably there, like any decent song that he makes, <laughs> <laughs> magically ends up, you know, that could that could be maybe that's maybe that's what we're listening to right about now. Jesus King was <laughs> Diablo's ode to coke dealing, you know. I mean, the, 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 but uh, yeah. So I don't know. Like, like I said, is for me is the idea of where it's rushed. It's, you know, it's it's rushed. It goes back to the Kanye well a little bit too much. It's, the lyrics are kind of sloppy and it's definitely unmastered, but you still see a little bit of it there. And this is, which is why I find it interesting because if you go online, you know, it's either like I, I, I heard it and I hate it. I hate him so much. I'm not even give it a chance. And you have this weird thing where I was like, come on, y'all, it's good. And that goes back to the idea of where people kind of resonated very in the first couple of hours. So it's that one Kanye song that sounded like late registration. I think right now he's kind of running on nostalgia and these oh, old tricks. And it's something where I don't really go to Kanye for old tricks. I go to Kanye because, you know, out of nowhere, this rap dude is doing songs with John Bryan, who's fucking yeah. Fiona Apple's producer. Yeah. I'm going to Kanye because suddenly this weird dude who's got all this huge crossover Grammy Award winning record has decided to do Yeezus, which is basically just industrial rap music. Yeah. I go to Kanye because, you know, even though a bleach asshole line may suck and may be horrible, <laughs> <laughs> it's so bizarre and off kilter and off the wall that you know, it's it's at least it's something to talk about. Oh, of course. This album doesn't really, and like I said, the Chick Fil A is the only thing that we've left this album with. That's the only, that's that's the resonating fucking thing that's gonna be on this fucking album's tombstone. Is you know, I miss you like Chick Fil A. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's kind of sad. And it's like this is an artist that kind of he's kind of moved things forward. So long story short, you know, like I said, it's still a train wreck, and it's not necessarily a bad album. It's just mediocre. Yeah, no, 
no, it's 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 not an album that people are going to come back to for towards the end of the year. Although it's, it's you know it's it's again he's trading on nostalgia. He's gotten thirty eight million streams so far. So you know obviously, even though it's not a great album, people are still curious. People are still like streaming it, and 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 you know I think there there are people who even like maybe they're hate listening. But you know I I do feel like people. At the end of the day, kind of want to hear like like want Kanye to win. Yeah, like Kanye's meant so much to them, like you know, throughout their lives, myself included. Um, yeah, I, I I really I don't know. Like it's it's I, I think I'm just personally coming to the grips with the fact that this is Kanye now, and you know this is like I'm even with this you know album rollout like cycle. I was kind of anticipating this Kanye album, just like, you know, I was anticipating like late registration and things like that, because that's like, it's, it's all the nostalgia. Like, this is like, <laughs> it's not the sound Kanye, the soundtrack of our lives. Yeah. It's like, it's not my childhood, but it's, you know, it's like, it, you know, Kanye has been there for like really interesting points in my life. And like, I kind of, you know, feel like I'm almost, I have to anticipate, I have to be excited because like Kanye is pop music and is Kanye's like, you know, like such an influence um so yeah it's, it's it's i think it's now me personally like coming to grips with the disappointment <laughs> <laughs> you're in this stage of grief now yeah it's like it's <laughs> like acceptance i'm not angry you know like and i'm just disappointed yeah and that's that's like the i guess that's like the, that's the worst worst thing your your parent can tell, tell you um so yeah mm. well well is what it is I know, I know. let's see what else uh new music so for me, I guess I'm going to switch genres a little bit and talk about another artist who kind of, I won't say fell off, but uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Oh. So Queens of the Stone Age, long story short for you non-rock heads out there, Queens of the Stone Age, they were a band that kind of formed in the late 90s from the ashes of another kind of underground cult band. They did like stoner rock, which is basically, to kind of describe it, is basically, um, let's say, 70s indebted rock focus primarily on instrumentals meaning Mm -hmm. that it's very it's not necessarily technically crazy per se but the idea is that you have like let's say a couple of like you know it's played a little bit slower a little more bluesier a little more rockier it's more like you know vibe out music kind of and uh so they were basically a cult band kind of underground kind of you know let's say mtv alternative nation almost borderline even though that was probably on its way out when he kind of started popping um but because they were so kind of, you know, they would have a, a continuous amount of players in the band, even though the, the mastermind is this guy named Josh Holm, they would have a lot of, you know, esteemed musicians kind of come through. Yeah. Enough where, you know, that, you know, they kind of built a little small cult following. So they had a breakout record, I believe, that came out in 2000 itself called Songs for the Deaf, which had basically the drummer from Nirvana, Dave Grohl, yeah. band leader of Foo Fighters, playing drums for him, and that became... A big deal. And even though they kind of kept that scrappy underdog kind of outlook towards their music, just by the nature of what's been happening in the rock landscape, they kind of find themselves playing stadiums because there's nobody else to play those stadiums. They yeah. just kind of survived. And for the most part, the output's been pretty good. Um, behind the scenes, though, it's been a little bit weird. Um, they had a record, um, not this last record, but a record before this one. It came out because uh, the lead singer was basically hard rocking and had like a health scare and had to like fucking drop out and kind of like go into operations and yada, yada, yada. This last record was basically produced by Mark Ronson. Oh, and I word. believe it actually charted pretty high. But again, rock and roll, my mans was out there doing a, there's a rock station in LA, K-Rock. 
And mm-hmm. so he was doing like the annual benefit, K-Rock, you know, I forget, it's like Unplugged Christmas. I forget the way to name it. But long story short, my man was out there on stage, drunk as shit, ranting. And I guess he had one of those moments where a lot of artists have where it's like, oh, everybody's got cameras out. Take your cameras away. So he walks up and he kicks somebody and kicks the camera out of their hands. Unfortunately, that person was a professional photographer. <laughs> He kicked her huge ass camera out of her hands into her fucking face. <laughs> and she had to go to the fucking hospital. So then from that point on, he had to give an apology. <laughs> and then from that point on, it felt like the album cycle fizzled. But anyway, back in the underdog days, they would have these, um, basically they call them desert sessions, where it basically be jam sessions with like other rock musicians. Yeah. Um, usually higher, higher esteem than they were. So like you had PJ Harvey, you know, things like these big names of rock at the time and alt rock. So I think they kind of write the ship. They basically dropped another one. This is another short album, 30 minutes long. Um, even though it's those past records are kind of released almost like here's unmastered demo shit. This one's very, very, very polished. I think it's their attempt to kind of say, hey, we still kind of have it, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, it's called Desert Sessions, um, volumes 11 and 12. Everyone before that has been like, it's always had two volumes, quote unquote. I guess it's supposed to be side A, side B. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably the shortest out of all of them. But it's pretty, pretty freaking solid. For the most part, it's if you like, if you like Queens of the Stone Age, it's right up in that alley. It's not necessarily that experimental. The most you'll happen is maybe you'll have a couple different vocalists, which if you're a friend of the band is normal because usually they they have they're very posse cut friendly in general. Yeah. But um, yeah, so there's 30 minutes of good rock music. You know, the first the first song kind of starts out where it's basically almost disco, like, and you can see him trying out ideas. Like the first song starts off. And it's this basically this like keyboard line yeah. and his drum beat, and he's doing this little falsetto voice, and it sounds almost disco. Yeah. Then he immediately kicks in, and you have the hard rock guitars that kind of do like you know basically you can imagine let's say you know '90s grunge, probably more like let's say 2000 Garage Band, like Garage Band, like literally Garage Band, like let's <laughs> say White Stripes guitar. Yeah. And then that same melody idea gets revisited in the end, where it's more smooth and '70s out, like you know almost the almost the Eagles. So it's a lot of like these kind of experiments, but like I said, very nicely polished. And it's just like a nice little 30-minute vibe of music. So if you're a fan of the band, I would recommend you check it out. Desert Sessions, Volume 12, 11 and 12. Cool, yep. cool. Uh, awesome. So on my end, I'm not going to talk about the new Rex or Orange County album. I tried to listen to it, and it was whack. Oh. And it's also kind of cool, too, because like uh, Pitchfork gave it a 5.0. And I was like, yeah, I agree with that, Pitchfork. <laughs> it's a rarity. Yeah. <laughs> I love Pitchfork Snark, though. Uh, yeah. Oh, they just, they just, it's like, because you may listen to this album, I will destroy your whole fucking career. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Pitchfork is kind of like, stay in your lane, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I agree with that. And I don't like telling artists to stay in their lane, but like, this, you know, basically psychedelic kind of like uh, artist who's British, actually. Didn't oh, know that. Yes. Not mm. from Orange County. Mm. Uh, Lies and propaganda by the <laughs> record companies. <laughs> But uh, work with Tyler the Creator a lot and a couple other artists. Um, so he's he's got you know cred in terms of like the hip hop world. Um, but he's like the psychedelic white dude. Uh, but this album he tried to be a crooner, and I'm just like, bro, nah, fam. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so, sticks, sticks. You know, I was I was stick pre- to the roads that you used to. Yeah, fam. So yeah. I, I was prepared to talk about that album today, and I just couldn't get through it. Um, I will talk about uh, Soul Trash, which is not an album. So basically, basically it's the latest project by Toro Imoa. Right. Um, oh, nice. He's still doing those. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, basically, like you know, Toro always drop an album, but he has all these side projects and just like Lucy's and B sides. Um, Soul Trash 
was accompanied by I think like a visual short film as well. For the most part, I feel like it's uh, some Lucy's and B-sides and stems from uh, the session that he did uh, for his album, Our Peace, which dropped, which is still my top five, top ten albums uh, for 2019. Um, it's not for everybody. It's literally just, you know, a hard drive dump. He actually has the file names. Oh, nice. As the title. <laughs> and, like, I know artists do that to feel, like, seem creative. But, like, this actually looks like the foul name for the title. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, dead ass, you know? Um, but the most interesting thing about it is, like, you know, because Outer Peace has a lot of, like, trap influence. And on, on Soul Trash, he actually has, like, straight-up 808 trap beats. Oh, nice. Shit, you know? yeah. He has, like, MCs come in and rap over him. But it's almost like I... Like, but they're done in his style, right? They're they're done in like the Tori Moore style, especially if you listen to Outer Peace. Like, it's done in this weird kind of like introverted, like low key <laughs> style. So it's not like you know, like you know, like Pierre Leborn. You know, like it's not like you know he's if, if, Atlanta li- trap, yeah, right? Li- literally, like bedroom producer out there, you know, silently making trap beats. Yeah, you know, but it's like trap beats in, in like the bottom of the ocean <laughs> <laughs> but that's not that's not a diss like it, that's just kind of how how a style is and it's like unique enough where it's like you see like the trap elements but he takes it and makes it his own so it's like there's a few like trap beats on here there's a few just kind of like jam session tracks on here and you're just like oh wow this is really really amazing the trap stuff is very interesting because it's almost like I feel like I just, you know, I could easily see like Travis Scott rapping over it. I could easily see even like a Twenty One Savage or, uh, you know, like um, Young Thug rapping over it. Like it, it, it's, it's trap enough where I could see some of these artists like actually uh, rapping over it and actually doing well. You know, and I don't know if he's just trying to be like, hey guys, I have some beats. <laughs> Imagine like the Toro Imoir like vocal drop for his beats. It's Toro, 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 Toro. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, like, young fuck goes in there talking about fucking <laughs> sniffing white girl over white girl. <laughs> yeah, it's all like, like, so yeah, but it's very interesting. It's almost to the point where, where again, like, Playboy Cardi, like, I could see all these artists, like, actually rapping over these beats and kind of doing well so i'm actually i know you work with like aset rocky on track that was not that great but like maybe this is kind of his advertisement to these guys to say hey guys like 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 you know you want tori mob you know what i'm saying you want to want to be like want to get this little you fucking know? you know south by southwest pitchfork love come true if you're sick of your record producer dancing all on your videos you want this, this is like white <laughs> white girl portland love you want white girl portland you. love you know what i'm saying portlandia <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Uh, so yeah, no, it, you know, I, I think it's not for everybody. It's basically for music heads like me who like really love when artists drop these kind of like Lucy's and hard drive drops, you know, dumps just because it just gets you into the mind of the artist, especially I know Kendrick Lamar did that with Untitled Unmastered, which are kind of like the B-side sessions to, to Pimple Butterfly, uh, which 
I actually maybe play more than yeah, <laughs> Butterfly. People, people you know? kind of like snooze on that, I feel like. I feel like it's weird to kind of say like, about like old people Kendrick. But I remember they were like, ah, sounds like B-Size. But I was like, no, these are really fully formed. Really, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. going back to the idea of just because don't let the, use the names of the child tracks fool you. Yeah. There's a lot of work in here. Yeah. 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 So it's just, uh, and, and this is not as fully fleshed out as that project was. But it's just really cool to see artists show their work. As the teachers say, yeah, you know, and it's just kind of just cool to see like some of the, the the thought processes that led into like the actual full fledged album. So if you're a Toro fan, if you're a music head, like check it out. Um, it's it's pretty cool. Cool, cool, cool. And I think that's it for us. You yeah. Know? As you go back, you know, put on our ceremonial ceremonial robes and enter the cult of Kanye to worship <laughs> our Lord. You know what happened? I swear to God, I listened to fucking the, the record twice on that Friday. I went shopping. Boom. Dope hats. Dope kicks. The Holy Spirit of Drip is blessed. <laughs> Me. And it's all due to Kanye. You know what I'm saying? All you hypebeasts out there, you know, wondering, you know, yo, I'm going to get this fucking sneakers drop. You know what I'm saying? Am I going to be able to fucking cop these, you know, comedy garçons? You know what I'm saying? You all need to sit down there late at night. Get on your knees, clutch those hands, and pray to Kanye, and he will bless you with the blessings that every hype beast deserves. Because <laughs> Kanye is God. Because Kanye is God. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, uh, we'll see you cultists later, as usual. Thank you for listening, giving us your vibes, and we'll be back next week. Peace. Peace.